What's up, guys? Uh, our newest RTP install is up, 58 and 59, with all the H and uh, Y tags. Uh, Coach Walls has put it up. It's up on our website for all of our premium members. Uh, and our standard standard me members <laughs> can uh, can check that out as well, uh, the preview for that on our website, uh, too. So you guys go check that out. Uh, we've got RTP install. We've got uh, film room O-line and film room long handoffs from Coach Walls. So you guys go check that out, all of our RTP premium members. Check that out. We've also got um, our virtual summit coming up. If you guys haven't gone and got your free ticket, go sign up for your free ticket so you guys can see that. 14 different coaches uh, presenting over those seven days. Two uh, presentations a day. It's going to be awesome, uh, and we can't wait to do that for you guys. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by GoRoute. GoRoute brings practice efficiency into the 21st century with on-field digital risk coaches. Trusted at practice by more than 350 high schools and 30-plus FBS and FCS teams, GoRoute allows coaches to instantly send scout cards and installs to players so they can stay up-tempo all practice without the need for binders or managing multiple huddles. Compatible with all major play-drawing systems and hand-drawn cards, GoRoute teams routinely double or triple their practice reps daily. If you value practice time and want the best preparation, then you need to go no scout cards with GoRoute. Learn more at www.goroute.com, which is G-O-R-O-U-T, email at sales at goroute.com, or just give them a call at 866-777-1448. This of the podcast is also brought to you by Sideline Power. Sideline Power is the industry leader in coaching communication. Offering cutting-edge technology and innovation, Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their programs to the next level with new and used headsets, end-zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more. Sideline Power works one-on-one -on -one with some of the most influential coaches and nationally ranked programs in high school football. They continue to help coaches push the envelope of player and program development. Throughout their expansion of their product offering, Sideline Power has remained committed to offering quality coaching communication at price points for every program. They're family-owned and operated with a customer-first mentality. Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. Visit them at sidelinepower.com, at info at sidelinepower.com by email, or give them a call at 800-496-4290. This episode is also brought to you by uh, Guardian Caps. Both of our programs uh, at Broken Arrow and Ankeny invested in Guardian Caps this year, and we feel that they are really helping our guys out. Uh, they're soft shell helmet covers that reduce impact during practice and are used by over 100 colleges and 1,000 high schools. Texas, Clemson, Oklahoma are just a few of the colleges using them right now. Check out our show notes to see what Coach Lincoln Riley has to say about them at OU and to get some pricing. Uh, and they're actually a lot more affordable probably than you guys would even think. Uh, go check them out at guardiancaps.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Arpeg Roll. Coach Roll is currently the owner and operator of Five Star Lineman Academy, where he trains and coaches defensive linemen and offensive linemen, as he also works with shot put and discus throwers. Listen as we talk with Coach Roll about his playing career as a defensive lineman at the University of Florida, how he can relate coach and motivate young athletes to change and his mission and vision for making an impact on the lives of young men you can follow coach roll on twitter at rpeg which is at a-r-p-e-d-g-e -E. hope you guys enjoy Tell us, tell your, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, kind of your journey, um, you know, up through football and into what you're doing now with football. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a long, long story. You know, our paid role, or people call me now, uh, Coach Big Dog Role. Um, the way <laughs> I, like I spell Big Dog, or yeah, so I spell Dog D A W G, uh, which means for me, driven attitude wills greatness, and. Um, for me, that's the, the motivation and the attitude behind, you know, what makes every dog or every defensive lineman off of the guy in the trenches, you know, successful. You just have to have to have that that driven attitude to just outwill the guy in front of you if you're talking about being great. So, uh, big dog, D-A-W-G. Um, I've been um, obviously playing football all my life. 
played when I was um, younger, you know, and I'm from Miami, Florida. So, you know, uh, everybody down there has that dream and aspiration to be a football player. You ask most guys down there what they want to be, they're going to say, I want to be a football player. So you start fairly young, you know, playing football. And always, I was a bigger set, you know, heavier set kid. So I always played uh, with guys a lot uh, older than I was. You know, I'm, you know, sometimes I was like, you know, 13 years old and the guys I was playing against were 15, 16 hmm. because I was playing Optimus and I weighed a lot heavier, you know, than kids my, my age. Sure. Um, and that, um, that, was, that, was, that was rough, but it just really, it really did something to, my, to me, to my character. It did a lot to, to just, you know, made me decide whether I really want to play football or not, put myself through that and dealing with that. And then in Miami, just in the, in the inner city, you got guys who, um, if they if they sense any fear in you, if they sense anything where they feel like um, that they can take advantage of you, they're they're gonna do it, you know. And I can remember one one particular situation where I was playing linebacker, or at least I thought I was trying to play linebacker, um, <laughs> and uh, I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to read the triangle. I didn't know how to read the guards. I didn't know anything like that. I was just trying to make my dad happy, right? And so my dad's standing there, you know, watching me play linebacker. And I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm trying to find a football. And, um, and I, I, you know, all of a sudden, uh, a guy kind of comes from the side and just, you know, just uh, just hits me pretty hard from the back. I didn't see him coming. Um, and so I, I, I got up. And I had, you know, grass and grass in my helmet and stuff. And I couldn't find out who the guy was. So second play. Happened again, guy comes from the back, you know, hits me again. Um, I'm looking around, like, who, who is this, right? And so the third play, forget trying to find a football. <laughs> I was trying to find a guy <laughs> who kept hitting me, you know, from, from every which way. Plus, my dad's over there watching. So now my dad didn't say anything. My dad's seeing the whole thing, but he stood there and watched. And so, I saw the guy I, I, right before the ball snapped. I saw a slot receiver look at me out the corner of his eye, and I said, "Okay, there, there you go." As soon as <laughs> soon as that ball snapped, I headed straight for the slot receiver, <laughs> and I, I, I went and took him out. And the coach was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Coach, man, this man been crap backing me for the last <laughs> two plays, right?" So, so lo and behold, the coach, the coach actually told him, my dad told me the coach told him to do that because they wanted to see what I would do. This is the kind of stuff, you know, down in Miami that you deal with. You, you get, you either want to play football or, or you don't play. And that really, you know, mustered a, uh, a desire in me to just really not just play and be good at it, but to um, to really dominate. Have, knowing that when I'm on the field, I'm on the field with guys like that. So I played um, played high school football. That kind of you know created a little a little you know a little nasty in me to just be dominant uh, in the trenches. Play high school football. The All American defense in in high school uh, by the name of a school called Miami Central Senior High School. Uh, did very well there through the shop and discus two of the best in the nation my senior year. And for those who are listening, I had a 4.3 GPA, and it's not because I was smart, it's because my dad didn't play. Hmm. He didn't have the money to send me to school, and I wanted to get out of the of the area I was in. I wanted to be somebody. I I wanted to succeed, so I knew having a GPA would give me a better chance. Um, and so I ended up going to University of Florida, playing there, doing very well. There uh, was tough, but I did well. Um, had a chance to try out for some teams, but actually tore my meniscus my on my combine day. Jeez. And a lot of NFL teams were, yeah, on my combine day, I did the vertical jump, came down and landed wrong, and tore my lateral meniscus on combine day while they were calling my name for, for the 40. Uh, that was probably the toughest, uh, toughest day, one of the toughest days of my life. Oh, that, um, I, I would, I would assume, yeah. no doubt. I mean, after, especially after working, you know, for two months, probably just only solely yeah. on for that day. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was a heartbreaker. It was, it was tough because, 
I was in great shape. My dad's a track coach. You know, he's been coaching for many years, so he had my 40 down to about a 4.8. I was weighing in at like 285. I felt great. Um, I had a pretty good year. Last two years was really well, so I had to go right to the hospital. I ended up having to get surgery, but um, NFL teams were interested. I went to the Saints, some other teams, and they liked me a lot. It was just too late by the time I actually recovered from the surgery. So I played arena, ended up um, playing arena and doing very well. I was a team, team captain and led the league in sacks when I or tied, tied for had about 12 sacks, tied in the league with sacks. And and then um, after that, I got married and I was playing in Texas because Arena One had closed down that year. I don't know if you remember. Um, they shut down for a year and Arena Two was still going. Mm-hmm. But after that, I played Arena Two and I was doing well. And uh, I was playing in Texas. My wife was still in Miami. And uh, when I went to visit my wife and I had a daughter, and my daughter looked like she had grown without me. And that's when I said, uh, I'm, I think I'm done. <laughs> I'm a I'm I'm a family guy, and I was like, I, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't keep doing this. And my daughter has these, you know, hitting these milestones, and I'm not there. So um, ever since then, I've been training. I've been training a lot of my college guys and professional guys that I work with now at different various NFL teams, off of the defensive line, um, five star lineman academy was born. Five star represents people don't know this, but I don't. People say, hey, do you just train? Great, great, really good D lineman. I said, no, that's not what five star means. No, five star is is, is a system in which I make you a very good D lineman. Uh, so five star represents five pillars of the business and objectives that we try to accomplish. Which is the first star is to teach the mind. The second star is to train the body. The third star is to mold the character. Fourth is to strengthen the spirit, and the fifth star is, is to progress the player. And so those are my five objectives and five pillars that we accomplish every single session to make sure that the premise is that the athlete gets better within that session time before they came in. They're a lot better than when they came out. So that's uh, that's our goal. And then we have uh, BigDogFootball.com that is really huge right now. And the reason why that came about was because a lot of uh, coaches and athletes, you know, internationally, some of my guys from Germany and Croatia and London, uh, even Russia one time <clears throat> kind of freaked me out. The guy said he's going to come from Russia to train. I'm like, all right, well, he wanted me to go over there. <laughs> and I was like, I don't I don't know if I'm, I'm going to do that right now, brother. They don't like us traveling right now. They, <laughs> That's they, a good call. They got, <laughs> they got all these traveling bands and stuff. So I said, uh, you know, I tell you what, <laughs> um, and we had this idea to just create a, a website that could have defensive line specific linebacker specific content that would help anybody, you know, nationally, internationally. And it really blew up to be a big deal. Um, some of my coach, some of the, some of the college coaches uh, have subscribed and we have consultations with them. One of my good friends from Michigan right now, he's a linebacker coach. Um, we talk a lot about this, the site and he uses some of the drills on the site. Um, another guy he coaches for, he's at uh, Green Bay and, and he's uh, he's looking at the site, thought it was really good. So it's been a lot of high school and college guys, uh, coaches rather, that's been using it, that have had a lot of success in their programs. You know, coaches saying that their teams finished out, you know, top five in the nation this year because of the site and the content on there. And so we're, we're really proud of that. So, um, there has been a long journey, uh, and uh, you know it's always something exciting every single day that that happens. You know, but um, I love it, man. I love training and seeing guys get better, and and not just making them better athletes, but we we take the holistic approach where we want them to be better men too, especially with the stuff we're seeing on the news with we just the decision guys are making, you know, out there um, publicly. You know, I don't like to see a guy who can. Um, you know, who can get sacks and get TFLs but don't know how to, you know, make the right choices and, and be a man and, and and make good calls as it pertains to them, their family and their future. I don't like to see stuff like that. So we really also talk about character and uh, making the right choices and then being a part of your community and, and making a great impact. So we, we take the holistic approach of what it means to be really a big dog, you know, a, a good person, a good athlete. 
So no, that's, in yeah, summary, that's, that's just who I am. Yeah. That's uh, that's obviously really, really important, especially like you said, um, as, as many bad, you know, bad names as it looks like is out there in football, which I don't really think is true. I think, uh, you know, that there's a couple yeah. maybe that make bad choices and that, that kind of mars the rest of yeah. everyone else that's doing all these tremendous things for everybody. But uh, it is important. Exactly. And, exactly. and I've been around, you know, a handful of teammates that uh, they probably just hadn't had anyone like that in their life to point them in the right direction. Yeah. You know, whether whatever yeah. their their parents were working or, you know, only with their mom yeah. or whatever it was where uh, they just didn't have uh, someone pointing them in that direction. And so um, they've always kind of looked up to their coaches. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if you get someone that can train them and, and they're all into that, you can also start pointing them in that right direction. Um, you know, obviously is, is a huge thing in kids' lives. And then, yeah. like you said, I, I would yeah. I would assume being able to do a lot of this on the on the Internet, like you said, on, on your website allows you to have a bigger group of, of young men that you get to mold, not only as, as uh, football players, obviously, but better men as well. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's, and that's important. Like you're saying, I have a lot of friends, too, uh, that are guys that I grew up with that uh, I was fortunate to have my dad in my home, you know, my mom in my home and my dad. I still talk with my dad now, and he's the reason why I'm doing you know what I'm doing because of the lives that he impacted, and I said I want to do what he does one day. I want to I want to impact lives like that. And uh, but a lot of them come back to thank him for just uh, hey coach, I'm married now. Hey coach, I have a business now. I'm an entrepreneur now. You know, um, you know because of you know that father figure that they had through him. And a lot of guys that didn't have that, you know, made the wrong choices because they you know, felt like they knew what it meant to be a man, but it was just wrong examples. You know, had they have had a good example, uh, a lot of my friends wouldn't have made some of the decisions they made when I was growing up, you know. So I, so now, now that it is, um, you know, people complain about their future, but their future, they see their future every day. You know, that young man that's 15 years old, that's 18 years old, that's 25 years old, that is your future. You know, you do have the opportunity to mold that young man when he's in your presence for that session you know, or like you said, if you're looking at my content, that's why I'm very particular about the things that I say. And I try to put motivational pieces even on YouTube and things like that to make them understand it's bigger than just getting a sack. You know, you're, you're not, you know, the game is important. You're playing the game. But I, I was in that point, too, where the game started to define who I was, you know, very easily. And yes. uh, you get lost in it. If you're not if you're not careful. And so it, it's for me. You know, I'm a, I'm a Christian and the Lord saved me, but good coaches changed me. And so the more we keep having good coaches change these athletes for the better um, and helping them make good decisions, the more we'll have a just a, a, a better future. And so for me, it's like if I have you in my presence and you're listening to me for an hour, I'm not going to just get you better as an athlete, but I want you to take some of these things, to, you know, with you because – you know, you have the game of life as well. And I want you to win both games, football and the game of life, too. I want you to win them both. Uh, to me, it's really important. So, I agree. That's a really good point that you, that you hit on. And I think that was one of the most difficult parts uh, for me stepping away from football uh, after college was was your your all your personality, or at least mine was. Everything mm -hmm. I was was all enveloped in football. You know, I was a football player. Mm -hmm. People didn't – not that many people knew me, but – few people knew me as being a football yeah. player and and that was kind of what I believed in myself right. and and we had three or four guys a year come in and say um don't put all your stock in football you're not just a football player mm -hmm. and and my you know right. my stupid self in college was like uh that's just because yeah. you're not a good enough football player if you were as good exactly as, exactly as me then it would be all right exactly. then we'd be then you'd be saying you know football is everything you, you guys are just <laughs> not any good and I mean, these are right. these are guys that played in the NFL exactly. for ten years. You know what I mean? But that's just kind of exactly. sometimes how you are as a kid. Yeah. And so um, it, it's always about trying to find. For me, anyways, as a high school coach, how do you how do you start integrating that at a young age? Uh, so maybe they start believing that that it's not all about football. Uh, at least you know them as a person. If football is just what they do, it's not who they are. How do you you know get that into them at an earlier age so uh, they're not in college hearing it for the first time and then saying oh, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He just wasn't a good enough football player. Man, that's huge. You know, that is uh, – that, that, that's, that's so important. You know, it's, it's, and that's part of one of my pillars, you know, or stars, you know, mold the character. Mold the character. Strength in the spirit. 
for me, if I'm if I'm in contact with a young man, and within that hour, the only questions I'm asking him is is pertaining to football, then my my underlying message to him is that that's all I care about. That's it. That's all I want to. That's all I want to know. One thing my dad was big on. He said, he said, son, I'm not a I'm not a seasonal coach. I'm a life coach, and that always resonated with me and so I didn't I kind of understood what he was saying but not until I became a coach myself that I understood precisely what he meant and what he was saying was is that he said what he meant by that was I'm not just going to be that coach that wants your grades to be good so that you can actually play in these 10 seasons and get us to the playoffs in the state championship and then after that I won't see you again until next offseason or or next summer or you know next August or whatever the case may be, but I, I'm actually going to coach you through life. So in other words, how are you doing in, in math class? Not because I want you to be eligible, because I want you to actually understand the math class. How can I get you some tutoring? What's going on at home? How's your mom doing? I know your grandma was in the hospital because she just had surgery. How's she doing now? You know, my condolences to the family. I know you just lost so-and-so. You know, I'm going to actually be there. How about we go eat dinner? Let's go to, you know, this buffet place. It's on me, you know, uh, things like that. So where you're actually spending quality time and when you're spending quality time with this athlete, you're not talking about football. How about we just talk about you as a person? Here's a question. What does it mean to be a man to you? Answer that to me. And then when you give them a stage or you give them an opportunity for these young men to voice and not just, you know, just high schoolers, even my college guys, man. I mean, some of the conversation I've had with my college guys that gets kind of wrapped up in that tornado called college NCAA football, ESPN games and stuff, they don't know. You know, there they are big babies with muscles, some of these kids, right? They're big kids, right. uh, but they don't know. And so when you have these conversations and you start asking them about their life, about their relationships with people, about how they're handling things and and about what's going on in school. How are your grades? What what are your grades look like? When you start asking them other things, then they begin to identify that other things matter. Um but if your conversation is 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 primarily and just, you know, how many sacks you got and what's your stats look like now and, and all and that's all your conversation is based is based on, then that's what they begin to see as the, their value um and so for for me for example i coached this man young man named uh john williams who was a shorter diva to tackle but he ended up starring at central uh, central michigan it did very well and so we would have a conversation about you know how to treat women you know i, I didn't i wasn't okay with him being one of the best diva alignment they had and yeah he was womanizing you know and, and i had this relationship with my guys we began to talk about what was right and, 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 and things like that. And so, and, and this kind of flipped on me a little bit. So he said, coach, you know, I decided to, that I want to get married. I'm like, Whoa, wait a minute. You know, hold on. <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you, uh, he was like, well, coach, you're, you're right. You, you was telling me that I need to, you know, I have a girlfriend. She had a, she had, she had a child for me and, and I moved up here. So I want her with me, but I can't, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. Nobody's ever talked to me like that before, but you know what? You're right. So I want to do the right thing. I'm like, wow. He said, but I get married to her. I want you to be at the wedding. I want you to be my best man. And so I said, okay. okay, uh, All right. uh, When is it? And it was a Saturday. And I'm like, well, John, I got a, I got a football game. At the time I was coaching high school, High school football. And I said, John, I'm not gonna make it. I I got a game. So I hope you understand. He was like, okay, you know, I understand, coach. Well, his wife at his wife now called me back about five minutes after that. He said, Coach, I said, how you doing? He said, you know, John over here crying. I said, what's he crying for? He said, because <laughs> you told me he couldn't make it. And I'm like, God, dog. So I had to leave. So I left the football game third the end of third quarter. Took caught the plane to head to Detroit so that I could be a part of his wedding. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, and he's 
Yeah, he's married now. He has his own play. Did very well. Has his own business. You know, he tell he says, Coach, I love you for everything you told me. You know, my son's doing great. I'm doing the right thing. You know, but you you was right, and it takes some sacrifice on my end. You know, but at least I know that this young man is uh he turned out okay. But um, but see, even after the game, even after he stopped playing, we still talk because he's. You know, coaches don't understand. Well, a lot of coaches do. But these guys don't stop playing football when they hang the cleats up. You know, they still get double teamed with situations and they still get, you know, held by certain circumstances. You know, they're still trying to go after a goal, but things are in their way. The game continues. You know, it doesn't stop. Yeah, you know, it doesn't it doesn't end. And some guys know how to deal with uh, off of the linemen or, or vice versa and shared blocks and things like that. But when it comes to people and the real-life practicality of it, they don't know how, how to translate it to make bad choices. Mm. Um, and so for me, I'm always trying to get them to translate this over. For me, if the lessons stop, if the lessons start with the game and end with the game, then they're never, they're never going to get um, what, what it really is for. But if the lessons start with the game and it ends with life, you know, with actually making that choice on how to be successful and productive in tight spaces, and I'm talking about trench play, right? That guy six inches away from you. How do you deal with situations at hand when you begin to see them make the, the similar choices and be strategic um, at the line of scrimmage just as well as they are in life with just anything that they endeavor to do? That's when you know that you've succeeded as a life coach as well as a a, a sports coach or a position coach. To me, that, that's huge for me. Um, and I think it starts with having those conversations, asking them how they are doing, uh, and getting them to open up to diagnose these kids to see where are they. When they start talking about my mom, my dad, my brothers, um, I got to sleep. I got eight brothers and sisters or, you know, my dad's never home or then you can truly help them. Because to me, a great athlete is first a great person. Uh, I didn't say a perfect person, but, but he's healthy on the inside. And I think you begin to see, uh, you know, you begin to see a better person on the field. You know, I, I, I talk about this stuff all day. So you got to stop me now. I'll be talking forever. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this is good. Yeah, because it, it's, it's true stuff. There's another young man, I'm not going to say his name, but it's, it's really personal, but he's a successful college athlete starting. You know, this this team is, you know, I think they finished up one of the top 10, maybe 15 in the nation for sure, something like that. But this young man was running from life to football. So football was his was his way of getting away from what he was running from. Right. And so he wasn't playing like himself. It, it just was something – it wasn't technical. It wasn't technical at all. It wasn't that his technique – he wasn't executing his technique. It was just you – could, you could tell he was running from something very real. And I said, son, what's, what's, I'm looking at you, and this ain't you. You know, what, what's going on? He said, no, Coach, I'm fine. I'm like, no, nah, brother, you ain't fine. I mean, it looks like the, the boogeyman is not the guy in front of you. You know, the offensive of tackle, you know, it looks like the boogeyman is something behind them gates before you walk on the field. It's like it's something out there you're running from. And he began to actually say, what, what do you mean? And so we began to talk about – I asked him, I said, well, you got to just be honest. What's going on? What's actually weighing you down? You look like – you you know, you're moving at least like you're 350 pounds, but you're just 250. You know, what's so heavy on you? And so he was like, well, so he began to, you know, share with me just some of the issues, really deep issues that he was having. And then we had to work through that. And I said, there it is. You know, that's the, that's the problem right there is that, you're supposed to play the football. You're supposed to play the game free. You can't play football in captivity and be successful, you know. And right now, you're constricting yourself. You, you're blocking yourself. And so he didn't realize that that was actually showing and what he was doing. However, if you are a coach 
and your eyes are only calibrated to only see your athlete's performance, you'll never see that stuff. You'll never see it because you don't care to see it. So all you want to see is that you keep your job, the athlete makes you look good, you make your way up the ladder, you know, which I've, I've dealt with that at Florida. Guys come through there just wanting to have a higher position, but never paying attention to me. Coaches don't realize that athletes do recognize that stuff. They do, and you can attest to it too, right? Those right coaches away. that actually care, to, care exactly right away because we're so thirsty for water, right? Something fresh, somebody that actually wants to see me grow instead of I'm going to just trim you and prune you so you look good, but I ain't going to talk to you, give you sunlight or water. You know the difference right away. And those people that come in and out that just want to just make you look good but don't really care too much about your overall holistic growth, you're not willing to play for those guys. You know, you're, you're, it's not there. It's not that relationship between you and your coach isn't there. And I was talking to another coach about this. I'm saying, listen, you know, do you not realize that the environment that you create for your athletes plays a huge role in how they perform? If that athlete knows that the only reason why you're there is so that you can make them look good, do you think that they're going to give you their ultimate best? Do you think that they're going to put out for you as much as they should, that they're willing to actually leave it out on the field for you, push that extra inch for you when it's fourth and one? You know, you know, it's not always the call. Sometimes you can make the right call instead of execute because execution came from the fact that I love my coach that cares for me, not the fact that it was the perfect call. You know, and so to me, when you begin to actually, like you said, take the time to dig into these guys' lives to kind of see where their hearts are and see what they're dealing with, then not only do you have a good athlete, but you have a better person, which they'll thank you for, which I would have thanked my coaches for in the future. So yeah. I, I think to me, to answer your question, that's, that's my, will be my approach. I, I love I love that approach just just for the simple fact. I mean, you're you're teaching them skills that that you know when you say you're a life coach, whatever they choose to do, you know whether they continue to play right. football, they go on and coach, or they go in business, or they're just going to be, you know, a stay at home dad and a, and a great husband. All those things right. that you taught them are things right. that that can carry over, you know. And I, I love right. one of the things we've we've really talked about in, in teaching and coaching and education. You know, it's it's not asking a kid, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's who do you want to be when you grow up? Exactly. If we, if we exactly. Teach some of those, those character things you're talking about, that stuff carries over to anything. And, and people are going to be super grateful because, you know, I, I was lucky enough to be taught some of that stuff at a young age, but I was also lucky enough to have coaches that did instill that in me. And honestly, that's what made right. me want to coach. Right. Well, Coach, uh, yep. switching, switching gears a little bit more into uh, the football part of it, uh, I, know, I know you say you work yep. with defense alignment, which is um, our arch, ne arch uh, nemesis over here on, on the offensive <laughs> side. But, um, but uh, no, actually, actually, I actually really enjoyed – I was an offensive lineman in college, and I actually always really enjoyed the D-linemen, linebackers. I just wasn't a big fan of the yeah. of secondary guys. Those are those are the ones right. that I got along with some of them, but uh, not as well as the D line and linebackers. But so so right. as a, as someone that trains D linemen and and you know you go through I'm sure like you said all different stages from NFL college to high school kids. What right. are what are some of those those very first fundamental things that you want your defensive linemen to be good at before you start um, building? up you know in, in their repertoire or their in their defensive line abilities what are those first few things that you're looking that are the most important uh when you're when you're coaching your defense alignment yeah so let me let me backtrack a little bit i work with offensive alignment too uh tight ends and things like that to me when i was younger i was taught that uh, if you want to keep from being robbed think like a thief and what i tell my guys is if you want to keep from being blocked think like an offensive lineman and if you want to block Thing like a defense alignment, you know, you have to be able to understand what they're trying to accomplish and what they're trying to do. Yes, that's in so order to kind of be a step, a, a, yeah, to be a step ahead of those guys. So, uh, I, I do, I do coach both. Um, but uh, to answer your question, um, it's it. You know, when I first get an athlete, it does not matter what level you know they're on. I always do an assessment. You know, I always do a qualitative assessment where I take them through 
you know, some drills and I take them through some movements to see um, how their how their mechanics are and how their muscles work uh, in certain movements. And so and what I'm also looking for is to see what kind of pass rusher, what kind of deep alignment they are. You know, um, I, I try not to create one type of defensive lineman. I try to take what they're good at and try to mold them to be the best that they can be. So in my assessment, I'm trying to figure out what what are they good at? Are they quicker than they are strong? Are they stronger than they are quick? Um, are they smart, you know, and, and, and strategic, but they're not strong? Um, you know, what what kind of style of play this athlete can I mold them into being? I don't want to, I feel like I can't, I can't take a, uh, you know, I can't take a, a, a Corvette and make it into a, you know, a, 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 a Ford 460, you know what I mean? Or three or 350 or I can't change the structure of, or an athlete, but I can get them to perform uh, with what they have. And so I always start with that. And a lot of times I'll find that they may move very well, uh, sagely, you know, they, they move very well going forward and back but they don't move well laterally. You know, I may notice that their core is weak, so they can't hold leverage. I may notice that their stances are not in place, so they can't really maximize get off in their first step. They're losing already in their stance. Um, and sometimes they just may not even have the know-how or the knowledge of, you know, how my alignment changes that off of the lineman's assignment and how I can be strategic at the line of scrimmage. And so there are a lot of things that I'm assessing uh when I first you know start working with an athlete but my job as a coach now is to take what they do have and build off of what strength they do have to make them successful um but fundamentally um because I also do strength training so there are a lot of different mechanical things I'm looking at you know I'm looking at that the athlete know how to play on a high heel you know which means to me that you know how to play on top of the ground rather than in the ground you know, for as a diva alignment, you put your now this this should be only two times where you're on your heel. And that is when you're in the huddle and when you're on the sideline. You know, um other than that, if you keep want to go on forward, you're playing with your foot behind the knee at a forty five degree is what you're trying to do. And so I'm look what you need to do mechanically. And so I'm looking at all of those things as they move around. I'm looking at their uh, their hip explosion if they know how to even load in their hips at all to explode. And uh, those are the things that I'm looking at, looking at their hand mechanics, if they can flip their hips, they know how to flip their hips, um, they see the benefits of it, how good are they with their hand not coordination. And it's, it's just interesting how the hand and not coordination is such a uh, another big deal because you're talking about combat within inches, right? You're talking about, I know how to, I know how to get in my stance, I know how to get off the ball. But I, but I get confused or I'm not as effective when I'm in that offensive lineman's bubble. When I'm in his space, I don't know how to be precise as to what to do with my hands because I'm looking in the backfield, right? I'm looking at the quarterback. And so if I'm not focused on my point of attack, I, I begin to be very inaccurate with my precision. And so, like, I did a test. So I'll, I'll do this um, – I, I do this assessment, and it seems like a fun thing, and it is a fun thing for the athletes, especially my younger guys, but, I, but I'll do this test to see where they are. And so I'll stand, you know, about 10 yards away, and I'll say, stand here. And so I'll throw a tennis ball at them, and I like to put numbers and letters on my tennis balls so that they can call out the number they caught, right? So if they caught an A, they'll yell out A, 1, H, J. So I'm throwing, I'm throwing it to their right hand, and I'm, then I throw it to their left hand. And what's funny is they'll do things like they'll catch it, they'll catch it in their left hand, put it back in their right hand, and throw it back to me in their right hand. <laughs> so things like that, I look at. I said, No, why didn't you throw it to me in your left hand? Oh, I don't know. Well, what do you think happens when you rush on the defensive right side, and it's time for you to attack with your left hand? Do you do it? Uh, no, I guess not. So now all of a sudden I'm turning into a bull rusher every time I don't feel confident with my left hand, right? Mm -hmm. So things like that. And then I'll move up closer five yards and I'll do it again. And so I'll throw it to their right hand, throw it to their left hand. 
and I move up a little closer. And when I move up closer, they'll start missing the ball, not because I'm throwing it faster, but their reaction time is not there, and they lose focus of the ball. They're not attacking the ball no more. The closer I get, the more they lose focus. And so I'll tell them, well, what do you think is happening when you get to the offensive alignment? Do you lose focus? Does everything get blurry for you? And I'm willing to bet you, if you would have lined up 10 deep with the linemen and asked them that, I'm pretty sure 40, 50% will say, when I get close on an offensive alignment, I don't really see anything but that quarterback. Everything gets really blurry and lose focus when things get closer. And so even something as simple as that is, is a big deal because you need your hands and eyes. And so I'll take guys through a lot of different assessments just to see where they are so I know how to create a curriculum that's going to help them develop the right way. And uh, instead of just doing a bunch of generic stuff, you know, it's just like going to the doctor. They they check your vitals, and based on your vitals, the doctor have a good idea as to what's going on with you. And so we'll do stance. We'll do start. We'll do change directions. We'll work on leverage. We'll talk about the four points of leverage, and we'll work on their eye coordination a lot and fix that stuff. But it'll be like, you know, getting all your vitals in place before we can advance our training. So there's a lot that goes into it. But for me, it's uh, it builds the guys up the right way. Well, you also, you know, uh, hit on something that that I didn't want to forget because it was it's been huge for me uh, when I was playing because I didn't I didn't get to hear it till I was a sophomore uh, in college. But is, is knowing what the you know, the opponent, whether that's you're an offense line and it's defense lineman or it's, it's vice yeah. versa, but. Uh, is, is knowing what they're wanting to do uh, with certain techniques and different right. things. Like um, I didn't learn until I was a sophomore, junior about, um, you know, gap responsibilities on a defense, you know. So uh, right. wow. obviously, you know, and I get that it's, it can get a little different in college and it gets – but for the most part, everything, yeah. right, every, everyone's got to have a gap. They're going to be responsible for a gap. So you got two guys stacked right. over here, right, one of them's coming to this mm-hmm. gap, one slanting out. If your linebacker's been inside the whole time and – all of a sudden, now he's cheated right. out. It's got to mean this defensive end's probably right. coming underneath, and so little things like that. Which, right. like you said, you know, now you can play faster. Yeah. You're not worried. Oh, is he? Right. You know, if he's all the way stacked in here, he's not going to be slanting because that guy can't get out over the top. You know, then you start seeing other things right. like that, and then uh, even you know, right. down to knowing, okay, is this defensive line, um, you know, trying to read offensive linemen or are they penetrator defensive linemen? Right. You know, so now. Right. You know, if he's reading me, now I can really throw my head on inside zone and different exactly. things, help me get a little more movement where right. if he's a penetrator, I can. Right. i got to be a little more uh, tight footwork. And so I, I try to get that to my guys. Right. But I think what, what's tough is as coaches, you've been through it, and I think this is tough in general, not with just this, but you've been around football mm-hmm. and you eat, breathe, and sleep football for whatever, 20 years, uh, and like right. the, where now things are second nature. Of course, it's it's gap sound. Of course, he's right. going underneath, and your mind just already thinks that without even thinking it. But it's you've got to like right. not dumb yourself down, but you got to go back to remembering what it was like as a fifteen-year-old, exactly. and you got to talk to these kids from that vantage point and almost try to forget exactly. everything that you learned. I mean, remember yeah. it, but remember where you were at that age because yeah. those kids don't just automatically exactly. know it's gap sound. These guys are penetrators, or they're going to be reading us, and so you've got to remember. Uh, to teach all of that from the ground up. Coach, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a great point, and that's something that's been so huge. Uh, you know me adding? That's something that's been so huge in my training is that, and I didn't, um, like, like you're saying, I didn't, like, for example, I didn't watch film until, you know, like really watch film until college. And also I've been teaching for a while as well, and I'm grateful for that. I come from a teaching background, and so um, through teaching, you learn you learn that there are different levels of learners, and there are different kind of learners in one room. And you, as a teacher, the you know the the thing that you bring with because a good coach is a good teacher, and a good teacher is a good coach. That's where you have to go. You have to switch, like you're saying, you've got to switch from being a coach to a teacher. To where, like you said, well, obviously this young man is visually aided. He needs visual aid. You're saying a bunch of stuff, but it sounds like Charlie Brown to him. You can tell you're looking at him and you just say, recall that back to me. 
You know, yeah. what, what did I just explain it to me where you understand? Well, go just get that guy right there. That's not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying, you know? <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah. what, what has been, yeah, it's not. So what, what has been huge for me is let's go watch film. And I'm going to put this film on. And I want you to take a look at this play. I want you to tell me what was good and what was bad about this play. And I did that. Even with my college guys, I, we, we, we sat down and they told me, well, I got the guy. I drove him out pretty good. And I did a good job. I said, okay, look at your first step. You know, I, I'm talking about the linemen here that I work with. Look at your first step. First of all, let's go back before you look at the first step. Look at the stance the guy is in. What stance is he in? He's in three-point stance. Yeah, I see that too. Is it a man hand stance or a gap hand stance? Uh, he's in a, what do you mean? Is his hand close to you or away from you? Or his hand close to me? Or where's he going to step? Or he's going to step forward. Yes, that's true, hopefully. But he's going to step <laughs> to his hand. That, like you said, that's how these, you know, that's right. how they are. You know? That's exactly they're, right. They just choose. Yeah, I said, well, look, if, if, you, if you have to block this three technique, if you're off of the guard and you have to block this three technique, and this defensive tackle three technique is in a man-hand stance, he's going to step to his hand, right? Yes. Okay. Well, if you get in front of his hand, you've gotten in front of the man, right? Okay. But look what you did. You dropped your back foot, and you gave him outside leverage instead of getting in front of his hand, knowing that's what he would step. Oh, I get it. So then I started drawing on the board because I like to project the image on the board and draw like the board and draw on the board. And I make them go up there too and say, what's the angle you could have taken here on this double to climb with the backer? Look at what the backer is. Like you said, look at your pre's, what I call pre's, pre-snap key. Look at your pre's. You know where the play is going. It's a buck sweep. You know, it's a, so you got a scoop on this one. Backers right there. You know, you got a even, even, odd, odd. How are you going to get there? You know, and so when we start playing the game before they play the game, they get they begin to visually see, okay, now I get what you're saying because I'm seeing it. So if you got a visual learner or an auditory learner or a kinesthetic learner, if you got somebody that learns visually but you have not given them not one visual, you 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 gonna have a tough time. It may take him by seven games before you finally understand what you talk about. You know, and it's not that the athlete is not good. It's just that we're not always as a now a, a teacher, a coach that's now a slash teacher switching to teach to the learner. How does that athlete learn? And um, and then you go back out to the field and say, remember we talked about that angle? Remember we talked about taking that angle? The game was about inches and angles. Remember that angle we got to take here? Yeah, yeah. And then their mind will go back to the visual. And then you'll begin to see them be a lot more productive. You know, like um, like I tell my athlete, I say, let me, let, me, let me give you an example. What is this symbol? Well, it's a, it's a Nike sign. Okay, tell me about it. And they'll tell me a lot of stuff about Nike. I said, now look, all I did was like, all I did was gave you a visual and you gave me information. I just gave you one symbol and it gave you a lot of information about one symbol. Mm-hmm. I said, well, that's the game. But as a coach, sometimes we try to give them the information with no symbol. So if we could give them a symbol or a visual that consists or contains information, they'll retain it, you know, so much better. But we don't always give visuals and uh, and things like that for them to actually contain the information. I think that's, like you're saying, right, that's where we have to remember, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. We have to remember that I was once a teenager and I got finals and my girlfriend may dump me if I don't take her to the movies and buy a ticket and I got the prom and I got to make sure I do this and I got to figure out what kind of car they're sitting there thinking about that stuff during practice. And you trying to talk, right. you trying to put more information in their head, That's right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's like, listen, son, I, I, Hey, let's talk. Now they're going to go back to being a life coach again. We, I, we're going to talk about this prom stuff, 
in about two and a half hours. But right now I need your mind. You know, I mean, <laughs> um, I, I, I need you here. Be where you are when you're there. And so I'm with you is, is, is that to get these kids, that 15-year-old, 14-year-old, 16-year-old, and sometimes I work with 12-year-olds, I've got to get into their mind. If, if I tell them, if I show them that I care, then they will care to listen. And so it's, it's just so important to know what kind of learner you're dealing with and teach to the learner. You know, I think it's, it's huge. At least it's, it helped me when I started watching film. That's so true. I mean, when you're talking with, with education, there's a lot of coaches that just, you know, they, they teach it one way and then it becomes real, real yeah. easy for them to, to pass the blame, you know, exactly. the, the kid exactly. doesn't work hard or the kid, yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't exactly. listen or the kid doesn't do anything. And it's like, well, dude, <laughs> you're the adult here, right? I mean, Exactly. <laughs> it's your job to get through to the kid. Now, if the kid tells you to, you know, to, to F off or something like that, I get it. You know, the kid's probably yeah. some emotional problems. But, you know, every kid I've ever known, it, it, you, you build that relationship and you find a way. Right. They, they want to learn. They, they want to do, do things right. And, you know, for, for right. us to dismiss that as a coach, you know, because he, he's lazy or he, he won't work hard or he doesn't watch film, well, that's on the coach. You got to teach them how to watch film, you know, like you were explaining. Right. 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 And see, that's the thing, right? What's the, what is the message, you know, and we'll get off of this, I'm sure, but what, what is the message you're sending when you only teach an athlete one way and they don't get it? Are you telling them that there's only one way to be successful? You know, that there's no other way. So what happens if that way doesn't work? You know, is that it? I'm a failure. You know, is, it, is this, is this, is this the only way to success, you know, or is it that, like you said, um, I'm not willing to serve you as the athlete and find a different way to teach you. And that stuff is cancerous, you know, um, I mean, to throw that word out there like that, but it's cancerous. What I mean by that is the way that I was taught is how I teach. Um, <clears throat> but this generation of kids is just so different, not in a negative way, but in, in a way that we better understand them. Or else they're going to be a huge gap, you know, between, um, you know, who these kids are and who they will be, you know. But being able to say, hey, son, there's a there's a lot of ways to get to the quarterback and we're going to figure out which one works for you together. That's a that's a huge uh, that's an important point. But we got to be willing to do work as coaches and teachers and kind of help figure out what's their what is their weapon of choice? You know, how would they how do they best learn what are they really good at? It's got to do the work. Once you do work it, the award is great. I think I think pride gets in the way a lot of times with coaches with that, and, and maybe I'm I'm maybe I'm wrong, but that's what it seems like it is to me. Uh, it's yeah. that, and then sometimes the coaches don't know, but a lot of times it it's that. It's like yeah. no, I want all my offensive linemen to be in this exact stance. <laughs> all of them do their hands just like this when they're doing this. You know? Obviously, there are some yeah. there are some non negotiables with effort and different things like right. that. But right. but um, you know, right. if a kid is is doing a lot better out of you know his toes pointed at thirty degrees instead of twenty five exactly. degrees, okay, awesome. Let's exactly. let's make you exactly. the best player possible. And and um, right. you know, I've kind of had this the same talk we've said a couple times on here, but. I had a kid a couple of years ago, one of my favorite offensive linemen there was, he went to a, a trainer every once in a while and um, he got to where he worked with this guy and, and uh, started carrying his hands really low in pass pro. Well, I always teach the kids to, you know, uh -huh. carry them high because it's the way I like to do it. And I, I think it's good at tackle, but it worked really, really well for him. And I said, perfect, keep, keep carrying them low and, and be the best offensive tackle on the team. And, and he was, and, and it worked out really well for him. And, and I don't care who taught him right. how to do it. Let's, let's just be the best we possibly can. Exactly. I agree, Coach. Well, Coach, we're, we're coming, up, coming up here on an hour, and, and it's, been, uh, it's been awesome, really informative for us. But uh, kind of the last question I always like to ask guys is um, when you're watching – so I know you watch a lot of film. You've played a bunch against offensive linemen, yeah. and now you, you coach offensive linemen as well. Uh, but, but when you're watching an offensive line, uh, what's some things that they'd be doing that would make you think really highly of their offensive line coach? Ooh, that answer is going to take another hour, but I'm going to try <laughs> to see if I can <laughs> wrap, wrap this up in uh, a, a few minutes. So, um, you know, there, there are, there are a few things, you know, that, I, that I look at, you know, uh, when I'm looking at offensive linemen to see, man, like you said, this coach, 
really has this guy this guy dialed in. Right. One, uh, one he has a great stance. Two, um, he well three fundamental things. Right. One, he has a great stance. Two, gosh, he's quick. He gets out of his stance and gets into his set very very well. You know, he is. I, I teach my defensive linemen that an offensive lineman has a plane and a bubble. There's a plane that he keeps that keeps him safe. There's no reason for me to throw my hands if you have not broken my plane, if you have not burst my bubble. I'm not gonna I'm not going to prematurely release my hands uh and you have not and you've not threatened those two things. And so, you know, I'm looking at his stance, I'm looking at him get out of his stance and get into a set right away. And the set, I'm looking at how well he he differentiates his set based on the alignment of the defensive end. So mm-hmm. if that guy's in a wide nine, if he's in a wide line, um, is that guy still going to chase him? Ah, come on, be smarter than that. Or is he going to, you know, uh, drive out of 45 and set his point where he wants the fight to happen? I know I, I determine where the fight's going to happen as the lineman. I have what you want. You know, uh, this is this right. is my my pass block, and so does he know how to do that, or does he feel that he has to obey the alignment of the defensive end? Because we can anchor and draw. We as in defensive ends, linebackers can anchor and pull over and offer of the tackle by our alignment and see if he chases. us. But if he's smart, he's saying, "No, I know what you're doing. I'm not fighting you on your terms. We're going to fight over here." I'm like, okay. That's good. So he knows his pass, his pass block leverage. He knows where to set himself up between him, the defensive end or linebacker, and the quarterback. He understands leverage. He gets that. That's good. I also look again to see, you know, again his hands are important. If that if that off of the lineman throws his hands really early, because um, sometimes what happens is off of the lineman, which you know just as much as I do, they feel threatened by certain guys and they will out of fear not be patient enough and they will release their hands trying to make up the space between them and the defensive end. So I teach my defensive ends, one of my secret sauces here. I teach my <laughs> defensive ends I, I teach my defensive ends attack without attacking. So if I can make it look like to that off of the tackle that I'm getting ready to burst his bubble but I don't. I will actually get him to throw his hands a little early and I can deal with his hands and get him to lower his shoulder. I could deal with his hands and get to the hip. Um, if I can get him to do that, there are three points of attack, hand, hip, and heel. So if I can, it's almost like if you were standing there, Coach right? imagine you just standing right there and a guy just runs full speed at you. There's no way you're not going to get your hands up a little earlier than you want because you feel threatened because right. I'm attacking your space. So, if I can, I teach my guys attack, attack, learn how to attack without actually attacking or putting hands on him. Make him prematurely out of fear, because fear is a very important part of the game that that once somebody's got to instill, right? That's part of it, you know, just as much as rain or snow is. Right. But if I get if I get that guy to prematurely throw his hands out at me, guess where he's going? He's going wherever he throw his hands. And that's the wrong way. So I'm looking at guys, he's patient with his hands. Or I'm telling my guys that, you know, playing the league, that play a guard and tackle, don't don't throw your hands out there unless your bubble has been burst and your plane's been broken. You know, if if somebody, if you're in your home, God forbid, and somebody comes in your house that is a stranger, you have every right to defend your house. But if he's outside, what am I going outside for? Mm-hmm. Right? right. So unless he unless he comes in my bubble, he's gonna he's gonna get my hand. So I'm I'm looking at that stuff. I'm looking at um, you know, when they actually when they actually get tight to the fight. When both of them are tight to the fight, now all of the lineman has set a point, and now he's fighting on his terms. Um, how well is he with his hands? Does he give that guy both his hands every single time as an off of the lineman? Does he give him his inside hand and force him past quarterback? You know, forcing him vertical. Is he doing that? Um, is he a grabber or is he a puncher? Does he know when? Does he know 
a puncher and they become a grabber or is he just an auler? Is he just a grabber? And does he know when to switch? And so, um, so I'm, I'm looking at that. Does he, does he know foot leverage? You know, obviously his outside foot or knee needs to be to the crotch of the defensive end. He needs to play inside out. He needs to get out of his stance. He needs to be able to attack the near number, right? So if he's number 45, I'm attacking the five. I'm not trying to attack the four. And reaching for that gives him the inside rush. I'm not playing nose-to-nose football where I've created a lot of space for my defensive end to inside rush on me and that guard can't help me. You know, um, how smart is this guy? So depending on who I'm talking to, right? If I'm talking to a high school, I'm not saying all of that stuff. But if I'm talking to a college and NFL guy, Right. You know, I'm saying, hey, this guy, this guy's pretty good. Matter of fact, he's lining up on the butt of the guard to give himself some more time and space. Look at, pay attention to that. That's pretty smart. He's using, uh, he's, they're lining up pretty tight so that, that tackle can help with that three, te- that three technique rush while playing vertical and sealing off the edge. This is a smart guy here. He knows, he, you know, he's quick feet. He's good set. He's not, he ain't going to chase you. He's going to sit there and wait on you. That's good. That's a smart guy. So then I would have to go to my D lineman and say, all right, we got a smart one, buddy. We got, we're going to have to do some different thing. You got to call for some help. We got to, we got to double team that tackle. Um, but those are the things, I don't know if that was too long, but those are the things that I, uh, that I would look for, you know, hands, feet, stance, hands, feet, understanding leverage, understanding landmarks, understanding bubble and, and plane concept. Uh, you know those things. I'll say, hey, you, we got to we got to dig into the uh, into the into our uh, our special uh, artillery here for this guy because he's pretty good. So those are things that I look at. You know, when I'm watching somebody else, that I know he had a really good coach, and 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 also those are the things I'm looking at when I'm working with my defensive end in preparation for those kind of guys. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and and like you said, you can just really tell those guys that know all the little points, the little finer points, uh, like you said, and, and yeah. you don't see that a ton in high school. But you know, you got the guys that cheat back on certain plays, maybe widen their splits exactly. as long as they're smart about it. You know, maybe just a, a exactly. half a foot gives them that that little bit of an advantage, and uh, you know, those smart guys can right. take advantage of that. Right, right, yeah, exactly. It's not just about being big and strong; you better be smart. <laughs> <laughs> Same time. Nowadays, nowadays especially, you better be smart. You better be smart. So, Coach, man, that's awesome stuff. I appreciate you uh, taking the time. Uh, give you one more chance to kind of, uh, you know, plug what you're doing out there in California and give you a chance to, to let our listeners know about, you know, the, the services you're providing and, uh, and the websites you got. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, um, you know, again, this has been a pleasure to have me. I love what you guys are doing. Um, and I appreciate you guys allowing me to speak. Obviously, you don't let anybody on here because you know you respect your listeners as I do. I have a podcast as well, um, Big Dog Trench Talk. I'm excited to to uh, continue to add to that because um, I think it's important. Um, www.bigdogfootball.com um, right now is one of the best. I'm a little biased, but it's one of the best D line content in the world. <laughs> and that's D A W G, right? D-A-W-G, baby. D-A-W-G. <laughs> Giving out of two words, greatly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Big Dog, D-A-W-G, BigDogFootball.com. We, we are right now revamping um, the site, and uh, it's gonna, we're turning it into an app right now as well. Uh, we have some exclusive content uh, that we're adding on right now. Um, the, the topic is being strategic at the line of scrimmage. Uh, where we talk about just how alignment changes things. We're going to be talking about stunts, different kind of pass rush stunts, things you can do without bringing backers yet. You can do a lot of things just with your guys up front. Um, so that's been a, the site's been huge. Um, we're, we're really excited about our new, our, our, our updated content come January here. And um, and right now, Five Star Alignment Academy um, is what we're doing. We're working with a lot of our NFL college and. Uh, and high school, you know, anybody who wants to get better, and there are a lot of good coaches out there, absolutely a lot of good coaches, and I just feel like it's my responsibility to be, to continue to be one of them. And um, and we're working with those who want to get better, you know, on, on those levels. 
Um, you guys will be the first one to know. We're actually in the process of uh, uh, we're extending ourselves to Las Vegas. We're in the process of preparing our facility there. Nice. And um, yeah, man, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be huge. Yeah, it's gonna be huge stuff. And uh, I have a lot of my professional college guys that can't wait <clears throat> to uh, to continue. So we'll be extending ourselves. Right now, we're in San Jose, California, and we'll be extending ourselves to Las Vegas. Uh, we're going to make that the, the home of big dog football um, there as well. So we're really excited about it, as a lot of people are and coaches are to come see a lot of their guys train there. So that's what we do. I'm just part of the community of great coaches, and I just want to continue to stand on the shoulders of coaches who changed my life, as you mentioned earlier, Coach. And I want to do my job to the D-line community and make sure – or the trench community, shall I say – and make sure those guys in the trenches know what they're doing. Because you know what? I'm going to say this last thing. I just got tired of coaches saying the skills, the real skill is taught. Skills, you know, you, you know, back in the days, they <laughs> skills over here, you know, as if. That's right. As, as, you know, the, you know what I mean? Those deep in the backs, you know, nothing against deep in the backs. I love you. We need you, right? But you guys are sometimes five yards off the ball. You're seven yards, seven and one, you know, stuff like that. You know, and, and if it's uh, – 20 seconds left in the game, you know, you're in that prevent defense. But them defensive linemen are inches away from the opposition, right? Where you need skill to know how to deal with that guy that wants to rip your head off that's inches away, right? right? The real skill, we need to to keep bringing bringing the concept that, hey, you're not just a fat boy that can't run. That's how you ended up down here. You're here because you got skills and you know how to disrupt an offense because you're either going to have that quarterback running from you or are you taking them down, let them eat a little dirt, a little turf. So we need to keep bringing the skill to the trenches. <laughs> and there's not a college yeah. or pro team in America that says, man, I got too many good defensive linemen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like money. You can't have enough of it, huh? That's so, right. Exactly. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.